0: Enterprise Management 360, your main source for tech news, analysis, podcasts, and videos for the enterprise. Hello, and welcome to the EM360 podcast with our Ask the Expert series, a weekly conversation with people who are impacting the enterprise tech landscape. My name is Max Curtin, editor in chief here at EM360, and your host on today's podcast. Now, in today's episode, I'm excited to welcome back Amanda Finch, who is the CEO at the Chartered Institute of Information Security. Now, Amanda and I had a conversation back in September, and we talked everything around cybersecurity skill shortages and why cybersecurity education needs improving. So, Amanda, welcome back to the show, and thank you so much for joining me. No, thank
1: you so much, Max, for inviting me back. It's lovely to talk to you again.
0: I'm very much looking forward to our second conversation here today because we're going to be going through the findings of the Chartered Institute of Information Security's annual professional survey, which really shone a light on the industry's diversity problem among other significant findings. So to start off the podcast, could you give our listeners a little refresher on the organization and its mission before we get into the study?
1: Yes, of course. The Chartered Institute of Information Security, known as CISEC for short, is the only pure-play professional body dedicated to information security and cyber. Since we last spoke, we got chartered status, which is very special for us, and that means that we're now a chartered body, and it's really putting professionalism on the map. Why are we here? Well, because we're a professional body. We're dedicated to raising standards of professionalism with the industry. And we do this through a number of means, particularly by providing frameworks to help people develop their own careers and to careers of others working for them. We're dedicated to trying to plug the skills gap and we work with academia, corporate and government to be able to grow the skills and to attract new talent through the profession.
0: It's a very important institute and congratulations on the chartered status. That's fantastic.
1: It was a long time coming.
0: <laughs> yes, <laughs> but the hard work pays off and, and, and now we're here, so that's fantastic. But I always enjoy having conversations with you and looking at what the organization is doing because it is such an important service and organization to fill gaps within the industry because as we know, it's such a significant problem, so it's really fantastic. And the survey itself, when it came out... I want to get your understanding or your overview thoughts on what was investigated and how it was investigated and really overall results.
1: Yes, this is the fifth year of the survey now. So we're Mm. beginning to see some trends, which is great. What we're trying to do with the survey is to understand the state of the profession and the industry. So we're looking at things from budgets, salaries, diversity, stress levels, really just trying to take a snapshot year by year. And the two big takeaways from this year were really burnout and lack of diversity. Those were the two things that came over loud and strong.
0: And that was an interesting piece that did come up was in the finding of the survey, it was uh, 54% of IT security professionals had either left the job due to that overwork or burnout, or they knew someone who had experienced that. And that is a massive number, 54%. Why do you think that's the case?
1: I think it's down to a number of issues, really. Funding is obviously a big one. People are being expected to do more with less. And also there's the rising pressure of threats as well. It's a mixture of things, really. It's coming at uh, professionals from all angles. 82% of our respondents said that security budgets were just not keeping pace with the rising threat levels. So it's tough. The problem's getting worse and they've got less resources to actually deal with it. I think there's also stress times as well when you've got holidays and busy periods where the teams are smaller and they get stretched more thinly and that raises the stress level. So it seems that you're not getting the peaks and troughs that you probably used to get. If you're looking at organisations, I mean, especially with the coronavirus as well, budgets are being stretched and stretched and stretched and people are being expected to do more with less and 51% said that they would actually let some routine or non-critical tasks slip because they just didn't have the resource. 64% were expecting to have to cope with smaller budgets. Uh, When you're looking at things like that, you know, it's, it's a tough place to work. When you look at the focus of the teams as well, a lot of people that are leading teams are often from technical backgrounds and in many ways, they're not always equipped to be able to manage people accordingly. And that can end up with frustrated teams. And when we look at the reasons why people leave jobs, it's usually because they've got frustrated with the environment, they've not had enough opportunity, the burnout factor, obviously, but also bad management is one of the things that gets cited. So if you're stressed out as a team, you really need to have that support there to make you Feel loved and wanted, and to be managed properly as well. Mm-hmm. So, there's lots of reasons, really. And the COVID 19 virus is not going to make it any easier for people.
0: No, definitely not. And I think you're 100% right with all of those points you mentioned. Because the problem with cybersecurity in general is it does feel like putting out lots of fires all over the place. And if there isn't that support and there isn't that nurturing environment, it can be very difficult to see the worth in yourself and, and as a company. So, I understand completely where that angle comes from where does this kind of responsibility come from if we take it from an organization standpoint to nurture people in this role and to make them feel they're doing a good job and they're not just being weighed down by incoming threats does this come from a board level a management level or just an overall company attitude to improve worker happiness
1: i think the work happiness has to come really from all angles very important to be a top-down thing. I think if the leadership is leading from the top and nurturing that kind of culture within an organisation, it's obviously going to be better. I think it's uh, also looking at things like HR. You know, that HR really need to be able to support leaders within their organisation and to help them to upskill so that they can lead more effectively. And in many ways, when you're looking at the leadership of technical teams, you don't necessarily have to be that technical. You obviously need to understand the technology, but it's probably more important that you understand how to manage teams effectively, be able to balance workloads, understand that people need to be developed. You then need to obviously have the the technical support around you to be able to to deliver effectively effectively. But all the best teams are actually a mix of people anyway. You don't want to have too many of of one type of person. That's the way that teams, in my opinion, work more effectively, is if you've got a good mix.
0: Definitely, because uh, it comes down to people's strengths at the end of the day, doesn't it? Absolutely. Okay, so another thing I found interesting was the industry's diversity problem came up in here. And I'd like to get a little bit more information from you about what you found in regards to this.
1: Well, it's a problem we've had for a long time, and our respondents, only 10% were women. And it's far too low that cyber and information security should reflect the population. And if you think that 50% of the population approximately are women, that's a woeful amount. But it should actually reflect diversity in general, you know, gender, ethnicity, neural diversity, all of those things. We say that, uh, you know, 10% is low, but when we look back to the first survey, it was 5%. So (laughs) I suppose there has been some improvement. We certainly are looking at addressing gender diversity. We're about to embark on a uh, campaign to try and rectify those numbers to a certain extent. I would love it to be. 50-50 by the end of the 2020s. That's my sort of goal but I think that we just want to make sure that we're getting those numbers up and up over the time. I think we've never really advertised how exciting a career it can be and how diverse a career it can be. I think that we've done a terrible sales job as a profession to attract women to the, the industry.
0: It is such a shame to see a misunderstanding of this industry because you're right, it is fascinating and there's a lot of different avenues to go down. But as you say, it's very male-dominated and obviously I can see that from my standpoint as well because I do X amount of podcasts of these a week and probably 90% are speaking to male professionals in higher positions in security. And it's very rare for me to interview a woman about cybersecurity, which is a real shame because there should be that complete... As you say, 50-50 split down the middle. And another shocking thing that also needs to be addressed, and I'll get in a second to how we can bring more people into the industry, another element comes down to the pay gap as well. The studies that i was seeing here, 37% of women earn less than $50,000 per year compared to 21% of men. Uh, the biggest statistic was 15% of women earned more than 75000 compared to 39%. That is a disgustingly big gap. It's huge. So... I know this is ripe across all industries, but what conversations need to be happening to reduce this gap? Because obviously the jobs are the same. How do we get to a better point?
1: Uh, It's it's a very tricky one because salaries are, are traditionally things that people don't talk openly about. And I think that organizations need to be made accountable in many ways for ensuring that they do pay fairly. And they reward talent as it should be paid rather than uh, maybe, it sounds terribly sexist, but, you know, the guy going into the office and thumping the table and saying that they want more money is that it comes from all sides is think we as women need to make sure that we demand more money as well, because it's it's a two way thing from that side of it. But again, it's not a problem that one person should be dealing with. It's something that should be dealt with across the whole organisation. Again, bringing in HR. Is that they obviously see salaries and that they need to ensure that people are paid fairly.
0: It needs to be a a very open conversation kind of going forward. Yeah, definitely. The golden question is how do we start to attract more people, give the understanding of what it is instead of, you know, sitting at a computer and dealing with stuff coming in? How do we show the actual good side and the interesting elements as to start from a school level, more from a recruitment level? What's the best method, you reckon?
1: Again, it's not one sort of fix that is going to fix, you know, one size doesn't fit all. It's got to happen on a number of levels, is that, as you, you quite rightly said, that we've got to start from a very, very early age, getting people to think about cyber and infosec, basically, even sort of almost in primary school, so that people are actually thinking about it from the point of view of protecting themselves. And as they develop through their um, education bring more cyber into it. But it's a sales job, really, is that I think traditionally we've been seen as a very male-dominated profession because people have traditionally come from backgrounds such as the military, police, you know, sort of those type of backgrounds, or IT, which are, again, all very male-dominated. And we need to really give a a better pitch on what cyber and infosec is about. It's not all about looking at a screen. You know, there's a lot of stuff that's fascinating. A lot of the technical stuff is absolutely fascinating, obviously. But there's a whole side of risk management, behavioural awareness, all of those sort of things that are also there that would attract a much wider range of people. If you look at the roles that are in information security, there is actually something for everybody. If you're a problem solver or if you're a communicator or if you like delivering things, fixing problems, you know, there's there's something there. And what we need to do is to explain more clearly the diversity of roles within the profession and the sorts of people that we want to attract, but also put up some really good role models so that people can see yeah, that could be me doing that role. I would love to do that. What she's talking about, what he's talking about, is really interesting. And we need to have clear pathways so that people can see that if they start on a journey, where do they go? If you look at the amount of qualifications and training courses that are out there, they've got a wide range of A's and I's and C's and S's and acronyms and things like that in their um, their titles. And it's a minefield for people to say, well, where do I start? And really what we need to do is to be able to say, well, look, start here. But actually, if you want to change track, you can do that. And to help people change track during their careers. I think most of us that have been in InfoSec and cyber have changed tracks as the role has changed and the, the requirements have changed. So we need to make it easier for people to be able to sort of see a journey and support them on that journey so that it's like going into medicine you know that you need to do some basic training and then you need to start thinking about where do you want to go do you want to be a GP do you want to be um, a specialist what route are you going to take and if you look at medicine if you look at many other professions there's far clearer signposting for people those are the main takeaways for me.
0: No, I 100% agree. And it's a very important point you raised in there of cybersecurity gets this kind of umbrella term to it. But there's so many different facets that you can go into. And the one thing people need to understand is, the more we become connected in this world, and the more we rely on technology, the more threats are going to rise, and the more they're going to change. So it's not a stagnant industry by any stretch of the imagination. It changes Daily, monthly, and especially yearly, we're seeing new ways of combating threats, new threats emerging. So it's constantly evolving and constantly changing, which I always think is really fascinating.
1: That's what got me, basically, Mm -hmm. is that when I started doing something called computer security back in the 90s, I thought, oh, I'll do this for a couple of years and then I'll do something else. But I was bitten by the bug because it was just constantly changing. And if you look at the pace of change now, compared to in the 90s, it's extraordinary. And I think what I always want to say to careers advisors and and parents is that if you said to a teenager, do you want a job that is always going to be interesting? You're probably not going to be out of work because there's a skill shortage. It's pretty well paid and it's pretty exciting. Would you like to sign up now? I think most of them would say yes there and then. Mm -hmm. But if you suddenly sort of say, oh, it's information security, they might sort of say, oh, I don't know, that doesn't sound like what you've just described to me. So it is a fascinating area and it is incredibly diverse. And uh, when you look at the way that the threat landscape is changing and the speed of technology as well, and the fact that you've got to have so many behavioral aspects to it as well, understanding the attacker and everything, it's a fantastic profession.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And my final kind of wrap-up question to tie all this together, I want to get your kind of final thoughts on, we've mentioned a lot of changes that we want to see and your goals for the end of the decade, but what changes do you want to see kind of almost immediately so we can be in a better place for that eventual 10-year anniversary or or however long down the road?
1: What immediate changes... I think that we just need to get more people into the profession. That is the big thing for me, is that there is a skills shortage. And that the biggest change for me would be people to think out of the box about where they get people from, is that you can change jobs quite easily and upskill people into a security, particular security roles, not all of them. But what I would like to see is that you've got more balanced teams out there where you're taking people from different parts of the business in so that they can act as ambassadors and advisors to the business, encouraging people to join at the lower levels as well. So taking on apprentices so that you're actually building solid, strong teams. That's the biggest way that we can combat the threats that are out there is to really harness. Uh, It's not a skills shortage as such, really. It's more of a people shortage, is that uh, we just need to get more people in and look at the whole thing holistically and really harness the talent that we've got to actually combat the issues that are out there.
0: Is there anywhere that you'd recommend people go if they want more information or if they've been inspired by our conversation to dig a little deeper into cybersecurity?
1: Well, come and see us. Come to our website. If you're interested in a career in information security or cyber, come and see us, and we can point you in the right direction.
0: Perfect. Amanda, it's been an absolute pleasure once again speaking to you. Thank you for coming back on the show, and I hope we get to have another conversation soon.
1: Thank you so much. It's been lovely to talk with you again. Take care.
0: Thanks, Amanda. And thank you, everyone, who took the time to listen to this episode. We hope you took a lot away. And of course, please do go visit the website for more information if you want to get into a career in cybersecurity. You can also join in the conversation on our social channels at EM360 on Twitter and LinkedIn. We'll be back next week with another episode in our Ask the Expert series. Until then, we hope you have a fantastic week. And for more great content, please head on over to em360tech.com. You've been listening to the EM360 Podcast. For more great content, head on over to em360tech.com.